0: You're listening to The Packernet Podcast Network
1: It's only a kick A jump A block It's only a serve It's only a tackle A run It's only for the fans After all, it's only pressure you got this. Adidas.
2: You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir,
0: I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there.
1: Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls? Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to PackerNet After Dark. So glad to have you here with us today. We're going to continue on uh, talking about what happened with the Green Bay Packers and recapping and just having a time together. If you'd like to be a part of it, please call in, 608 New callers go directly to the front of the line. Speaking of, got a new caller today. New caller, what's going on, man? Hello, Ryan.
3: This is Eric from Huntsville, Alabama. Hey, there you go. In 1974, when I was 10 years old, my family moved from Bears Territory okay. to Hayward, Wisconsin. So my first memories of the Packers were of people like uh, Coach Bart Starr, I mean, Dickey, James Lofton, John Stennerud. Dickey is still my favorite number 12 quarterback.
1: There you go.
3: This is the first time I've ever called into a sports line. Well, nice. I but appreciate it. I just had to share something. So last night, I turned off Wayne and Larry near the end of the third quarter. It was late. I was tired. The Packers were behind I didn't think the offense was going to make a comeback the way they were playing. And I fell asleep and had a dream.
1: As you do. Or maybe
3: it was a vision. (laughs) I was in front of Hotel Northland. And as I was walking in, I dejectedly stuffed my cheese head into the trash can. With head bowed low, I entered the lobby. And who did I see there but none other than Aaron Rodgers. He said, hold on, brother, cheer up. Then he pulled out his air guitar. Uh, no way, it it was a real guitar. And he had a band. And who was there with him but none other than Coach Lombardi with a tambourine and Forrest Gregg holding a triangle and Ray Nitschke behind the drums. Coach McFleur was there too, but unfortunately, he was just kind of sitting in the corner mumbling. I think he... Got a bad batch of mushrooms. Then Brett burst in and ran and hid behind the bar. I think the law was after him. And then Aaron said, this one goes out to all of you, but especially to my Seattle friends, my Seahawk brothers. And he began to play. (laughs) Ha, <laughs> ha, And as they finished playing, Coach Lombardi said, You know, Eric, winning isn't everything. It's, and then Aaron cut in and said, That's right, Coach. Winning isn't everything. What's more important is to know that whatever happens is supposed to happen and to be at peace.
1: Oh, there's more. There's more, folks.
3: As they finished playing, Coach Lombardi said, You know, Eric, winning isn't everything. It's, and then Aaron cut in and said, That's right, Coach. Winning isn't everything. What's more important is to know that whatever happens is supposed to happen, and to be at peace with the present reality. I felt so much better, and as I walked out of the hotel, I looked over at Lambeau Field, all lit up and glistening in the snow, and there was a flyover. I saw the bomber jet planes flying shotgun in the sky, turning into butterflies above Packer Nation. So I took my cheesehead out of the trash can, brushed it off. Put it on my head
1: and said, peace, brothers. Go Pack Go. Eric, that was beautiful, man. Um, I don't know what the heck is going on. I, I, uh, that oddly made a lot of sense. And it reminds me of the scene from The Office. What the heck was going on? Somebody was saying, I don't know if it was Michael Scott or, or something. Oh, it was his movie. There was a movie where, that he made, and he was talking to himself in the mirror, and then it cuts away to Oscar, and he says something to the effect of, I'm, I'm trying to understand the deeper meaning, but I know that there's, there's nothing there. There's no content there. I'm trying so hard to decipher your dream, and it's so beautiful, but there's one glaring thing that your dream is, is trying to tell you about Matt LaFleur, and I'm not exactly sure what it is, but he's not a part of this party. There's beautiful music and butterflies and flyovers and and snow and Lombardi and Rogers. I mean, I'll be honest, as as weird as this thing was, kind of got me a little bit picturing it, you know? And you told it beautifully, I will say, Eric. But there is something dark. There's other movies about that, too. Oh, it's going to kill me. What the heck is that? There's like a dream, and the dream is fine, but there's like something off in the distance that's messed up. What the heck was that? And then you keep having these dreams, and it gets a little bit closer. Like something is just off in the background, and it turns out like that's like the focus of the dream is this creepy thing that's just sitting there. Your dream is definitely te- it's, it's telling you a couple things, obviously. Like don't give up on the Packers, the history. It's all a beautiful thing. But I'm really trying to understand this Matt LaFleur eating mushrooms in the corner thing. Tell you what, I would love to get some follow-up calls on people deciphering Eric from Huntsville, Alabama's dream because uh, as beautiful as it was, I feel like there's a lot of, a lot of lessons to be learned from it, and we need to we need to get to the bottom of that. So, all right, let's take it up back from the top. Let's do this how we do this. Jersey Mike, what's going on, man?
0: Ugh, Jersey Mike again. I am uh, I am super super angry. I'm so angry. I, I I can't get over this right now. I'm just like thinking to myself, you know, trying to sit outside with my dog, trying to hang out, relax, yeah. you know, because I, I got amped up because, you know, the Packers giving me heart attacks uh, every, every week thinking, you know, maybe we have a chance. But they go out here and they let the Lions, who aren't even good on defense, just shut us down on offense. Yeah. And the one culprit, the main culprit is Aaron Rodgers. I'm sick of it. I am sick of watching Christian Watson run wide open and force-feeding the ball to 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 people who don't need the football. I'm sick of all of the the times that he makes horrible decisions, throwing twice to Aaron Jones, where Kirby Joseph is just waiting for the football, and Rodgers is so freaking clueless that he just throws the ball up twice to him. He didn't learn from the first time that Kirby Joseph knocked the ball down. He had to go for seconds. Then guess what? He got burned. Like, jeez. I'm 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 so sick of it. Like, I hope I hope right now that we get rid of Rogers, okay, and he goes someplace else and he plays fantastic football. Right? I hope that he heals his finger, he, he gets his rib cage put back together, you know, he, he's no longer injured and that that can be the excuse. And we can say, you know what, the bad decisions are our excuse. We can just wash our hands and walk away. And he goes and has an MVP season for some AFC team. And then Jordan Love meets him in the Super Bowl. And we kick him the heck out of where he, and put him right back where he belongs. Not anywhere near Lambeau. Not anywhere near Green Bay. Not anywhere near another Lombardi. You don't deserve it when that's how you play football, when that's how you execute. The Lions did the same thing to you twice. Twice. You are – Pathetic. You are pathetic. You did not show that you were capable of learning from your past mistakes. Even in real time, we saw it. This is, this is done. The Aaron Rodgers ayahuasca trip is over. We're, we're no longer, you know, looking towards our inner sanctum or whatever heck hippie garbage we're on now. I'm sick and tired of the Aaron Rodgers train. I want a disciplined Jordan Love that comes from a family that understands that you play within the rules and you do what's expected of you and you don't go outside of that. And maybe we can have a football team that plays disciplined, you know, football, and we don't have to worry about our defensive players getting frustrated beyond belief because our offense is just ludicrously garbage. Anyway, go pack, go! Let's see if did, the offseason season right. is any better. Maybe we get some good things out of these uh, better draft picks.
1: Yeah, uh, <laughs> here's because again, we're 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 going in circles, but I get it. Please keep calling. I'm just trying to think of like different ways to approach the same topic. Here's what I think: there are certain players that are that are role players. There are guys like Alan Lazard that you know they're not superstars. But you expect them to to step up and, and do it. You, you expect everybody to tr- step up and do their best. But there are reasons that certain guys get paid lots of money. And there's reasons why guys like Lazard do not. There's reasons why Randall Cobb is not making a ton of money right now. Um, Christian Watson is a rookie. Romeo Dobbs is a rookie. In big games, I expect Devontae Adams-type guys to step up. And you know what Devontae Adams did? In big games, I expect David Bakhtiari to step up. Questionable that he did, but you know what? As far as his PFF grade, the run blocking was bad, but he did step up and protect Aaron Rodgers. We can say for the most part, he did his part. He took a step back. It's annoying that he did, especially against this defense, but he protected Aaron Rodgers. You expect guys like Jair Alexander to step up, and he did. You expect guys like Kenny Clark to step up, and he did. He had a big game. These are your superstars. These are the guys that are getting paid stupid amounts of money to be really good at football. Devondre doesn't get paid a massive amount, but it's pretty big for a linebacker, and he's kind of the leader of the defense, etc., etc. I expect him to step up, and he did. He had a good day. There are guys that get paid good amounts of money, there are guys that don't get paid a lot of money, and there are guys that get paid mega contracts because they're mega superstars. And if you're a mega superstar, you need to step up. As far as I'm concerned, Bakhtiari, Jair Alexander, Kenny Clark, those guys stepped up. Aaron Rodgers didn't. It's an expectation. It's absolute, I mean, You don't get paid that much money to be good most of the time only in the regular season. That's not a thing. You're not getting mega contracts for that. You get mega contracts because you are a rare talent that most teams don't have, and you will step up in big situations and help us win in the playoffs and to help us get a Super Bowl and to continually collapse. And again, this isn't every year. I know Rodgers has had good playoff years for sure. I think even against Tampa, although the offense kind of sucked against Tampa, he graded out pretty well. I don't exactly remember, but that's my recollection. Um, But again, this is my expectation. If you are getting paid, and obviously people are going to pass you, but if you get that contract that resets the market, like Bakhtiari did, like Kenny did, like Jair did, like Rodgers did, if you get those contracts, you are those superstars, you are expected to be next level. You are an absolute freaking sledgehammer. And when you go up against the competition, you absolutely obliterate everything in front of you. Kenny Clark went up against one of the best offensive lines in football, and he had a great day. One of the best offensive lines in football. He had a great day. Um, Jair, they, 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 this is a prolific passing offense with some really good wide receivers. You've got speed like you have not seen in their rookie Williams. You have got Amon Ra, who is a great wide receiver. You've even got DJ Chark, who is this like six foot five speed guy. He's kind of like a Christian Watson type. I mean, he's really tall, he's really fast. Jair Alexander stepped up in a big way and shut down something that was really difficult. The um, David Bakhtiari with Aiden Hutchinson, really tough matchup. The defense in general, though, secondary for example, terrible, terrible. And yes, I know there was pressure sometimes or whatever, but and, and you know maybe it's the wide receivers. I don't know, but you're you're expected to be that guy. And the fact of the matter is we've seen you be that guy. We've seen you be the heroic, put the team on your back kind of guy that gets let down by the defense, that gets let down by special teams, that gets let down by all these different people. We've seen that guy, so we know exactly what Aaron Rodgers is worth when Aaron Rodgers is worth that. That that comeback win against uh, Dallas, you know, or, or any of the other major ridiculous comebacks, even the losses where we came back and then the defense lost it for us. If you look at that Cardinals game in, in what, 2009, Unbelievable performance from Aaron Rodgers. That's what I expect from a quarterback who resets the market. The garbage that we saw basically all year and especially in this game is not worthy of really any high contract. Those guys, based on that performance, Those are the contracts you give to crusty old veterans who are floating around trying to find a job. Those are the kind of contracts that you give to the Matt Ryans of the world who had a really good career, don't really have it anymore, and we're going to plug you in to see what you can do. And it's not much, but hey, at least you can kind of sustain our franchise. That's what that was. So you're right. There is an expectation. I I could talk about Romeo Dobbs's drops. He's a rookie. I don't have those high of expectations. I do expect this superstar to not close his eyes and launch a rock, a freaking moon ball to the sky and just say, gee, I hope nobody comes and gets this like has already happened in this game. Overthrowing, underthrowing. And again, I haven't even gone back and watched. I'm scared to do it because it seems like every week you look at it and go, man, I guess nobody was open. And then you go watch and go, nope, there were guys open. And look, throughout the season, it is, Kenny Clark is is also a disappointment. He He had a good game, but he fell off the map for half the season. We shouldn't have even been in this spot where we could get eliminated, but because guys like Jair and guys like Kenny did not show up at t- David Bakhtiari is the only one that lived up to his contract, and the guy's battling through all kinds of injuries, hasn't played for a year, all this stuff. He, he is him and guys, again, like Devontae that are just consistently solid. You know you can rely on me. You know I'm going to do my job. It's not that I don't have bad plays or bad days, but they're the exception to the rule. When Kenny has a day like he did last week or this past day or whatever, where it's in the 70s, it's like, hey, Kenny kind of had a mediocre, so solid, kind of good day. I'm sorry, that, that isn't worthy of the contract you got. It's just not. How you started the season, number one defensive tackle, at the very least I expect you to be a top 10 defensive tackle. If you're the highest paid defensive tackle, the number one contract, you should at least be a top 10 defensive tackle in my opinion. You should be able to get to the quarterback at least, you know, once in a while. I'm not asking for ten sacks, but I mean it's 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 asking a lot to get you up to five sometimes. And so, I mean, listen, not all superstars are created equal. And sometimes we give big contracts to guys and I'm I'm happy that they get that money, but I'm just not seeing it. I'm not seeing it. I, I'm not seeing that paying Rodgers was a good decision. I'm not seeing that paying Kenny was a good decision. I'm content with Jair and I'm content with David Bakhtiari despite the injuries, at least so far. Um but that, that is the expectation. If I pay you to be a superstar, you should be a superstar, not a mediocre football player. And then, and then in big games to have everybody collapse. But again, fine, everybody else collapses. But you know who shouldn't collapse? The superstars. The guys who dig deep and find a way to win because you're the freaking mercenary that we went out and gave a massive overpriced contract to to be a freaking mercenary. Do you understand that? You're expected to be a freaking killer. Unstoppable. Absolutely unstoppable. That's when you get the highest paid contract in football. Because you are a freaking force of nature that will not and cannot be stopped. That's the expectation. And I don't get that from Aaron Rodgers. It's not even close. In fact, it's laughable to think that that is, is what the expectation is from Rodgers based on what we saw. And it's the same for Kenny. Kenny Clark has not been that guy since... I don't know when he had like a two year stretch where he was really good, and that's it and since then he's been good this year, not even good, aside from the start of the season and a couple games here and there for for that stretch, probably five six seven game stretch, he was one of the worst defensive tackles in football. that's unacceptable, absolutely unacceptable, considering the contract you got flat out so you know i'm I'm happy to pay guys. That are that are going to be that you know pay guys what they're worth. Preston got paid a good amount of money to be a good football player. Amos got paid a good amount of money to be a good football player. If you reset the market, you should be absolute alpha dog. Can't be stopped. If you are the highest paid corner in football, you should be able to lock down Justin Jefferson. Or if you can't, at least it's kind of one of those battles. You know, sometimes he gets you, sometimes you get him. It's just it's a, it's a it's an intense dogfight. And that's what we get from Jair. And I'm happy with it. It is down moments. A lot of it had to do with scheme and all this weird stuff going on. But I believe in Jair. I have faith that he is a very, very, very good, talented corner. I'm, I'm embarrassed at the fact that we paid Rogers to come back and do that. And I'm embarrassed that we paid Kenny the, the contract we gave him based on what we saw from him. Understand, I'm not paying you for what you did last year. You're not getting a reward for how good you were before. You're getting paid with the expectation that that will continue. You're getting paid because I want that today and next year and the year after that. And at that point in the contract where we don't have to keep you around anymore, that's when we start to give you a little leeway and say, hey, the money's there if you want to still continue to play to be a really good football player. And if you don't, we'll just relieve you of your duties. But up until that point, for, the ne- for this year, the next year, and probably the year after that, I fully expect that you will be an elite, dominant freak at this position. Devonte got paid massive top-of-market money because he deserved it. He went over to a garbage team with no real leadership, no real offense. Quarterback was a disaster, and you know what? He's still Devontae Adams. That is the expectation There should be a conversation between who's better, Mahomes or Rodgers. That is a freaking joke. Is it all his fault? No, but it's not the same thing to compare who is a bigger issue, Josh Myers or Aaron Rodgers. I'm sorry, Josh Myers is on a rookie contract and probably won't even get to his next contract considering how he's playing. I'm not going to compare the two and pretend that I have the same expectations for Josh Myers putting the team on his back and helping us get to the Super Bowl as I do for Aaron Rodgers, who got paid the massive contract that he got. And I think the big reason why people like me and people like Jersey Mike are ready to move on isn't because I think Rodgers is the worst quarterback in football. It's because I have zero faith that he will live up to his contract. I have zero faith that we will see 2020 Rodgers again. I just don't think so. I don't think it's just a thumb injury. If you say, well, he's, he's concerned because the offensive line is not great and the, the wide receivers aren't great. First of all, that's still going to be the same team when he comes back. So that's a problem. Second of all, have you, have you ever heard of a guy named Joe Burrow? Do you know how many teams? I, Russell Wilson has never had an offensive line in his life. He dominated in Seattle with no offensive line and one wide receiver forever. The Minnesota Vikings and Kirk Cousins, every year they're desperately trying to find offensive linemen because they're just terrible. And you know what? You had Kirk Cousins, you had Stephon Diggs, and they made it work. I don't want to hear it. Overcome it. Tom Brady standing in the pocket. Yeah, there's pressure. He doesn't even see it. He just stands there and delivers. He doesn't panic. He doesn't freak out. He doesn't airmail it. He doesn't do all this nonsense. But again, if that's the excuse, listen, I can be the 2020, 2011, I'll be whatever Rodgers you want me to be, but I need at least one elite wide receiver that I can trust implicitly, and that means when things go south, I can just stare at them and throw at them all the time, preferably like two to three really good wide receivers, and I absolutely have to have a dominant offensive line and a lot of say in the offense and the play calling that I want to call. If all those things are laid out perfectly for me, then I'll be that dude. Sorry, man, best of luck finding that somewhere. Again, your expectation is to overcome. That's the expectation we have for you. Well, things aren't perfect. No kidding. That's why you got paid as much as you got paid. This is the, this. and and by the way, this isn't new. This is what he's done his entire career. So we know what the standard is. Terrible defense. Well, we score 35 points. They score 31. We win the game. They score 35. We score 42. Putting the team on my back. We don't have that. And so if if if, if we're not there, And what we have is is a whole new team with all new everything, new defense, new defensive scheme, young defensive players, young offense, you you know, half the offensive line is a bunch of young guys, brand new wide receivers, new everything, new across the board. What are we doing with Rodgers? Well, he's Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Can we find someone that's a little better fit? Well, yeah, but this is Aaron Rodgers. He's like a 17 time time MVP. One of these days, he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. OK, that's that's wonderful. I'm asking you about 2023. Rodgers will not have his demands met. He's not going to have all these wide receivers that he wants. He's not going to have the tight end that he wants. He's not going to have the offensive line that he wants. He's not going to have the offensive scheme that he wants. So what are we going to do? Final note, because I need to get back to you guys. Sorry, I sometimes I hijack. There's an honest question. And, and I think there's there's a, a sliding scale on one end of the scale. If you knew 100,000 percent Rodgers are going to come back for one year. And you knew 100,000% we were going to win the Super Bowl. But as a result, we would not have Jordan Love. And Jordan Love was going to go on to be a great quarterback, but not with us. And we're headed for disaster. I'm guessing 90% of Packer fans would say, give me the Super Bowl. Forget Jordan Love, I don't care. I might, but I'm going to be very, very, very upset about that. Because again, I'm all about sustained success. I want good football teams. But let's dial that back a little bit. What if you had to choose between a 10-win season and knocked out of the playoffs with Rodgers or a nine-win season and don't get into the playoffs with Jordan Love. But with Jordan Love, you get a guy that's going to be continuing to be your quarterback, continuing to grow with the wide receivers, and will be here for a long time as he continues to grow as a quarterback and get better as a quarterback. And on the other hand, Aaron Rodgers, who's leaving, and you lose Jordan Love. At that point, it doesn't even, you know what I mean? And so that's part of the equation that we all have built into our minds, too, for those of us that hate Jordan Love and think he's trash and think Aaron Rodgers is going to stay here for five more years and he's going to be elite and all this stuff, yeah, let's just, who cares? Who cares about Jordan Love? Who cares about any of that stuff? Let's just keep Rodgers as long as we can. Depends where you're at with all that, but I'm, I'm just watching a guy that doesn't make any sense, and I'm really having a hard time watching some of the mistakes he's making and saying that's because of his thumb. He can't see the, sh- the, the, the clock because of his thumb, and we take a delay a game penalty. He can't throw the ball away and takes a 15-yard sack because of his thumb. He can't see the open receiver because of his thumb. He's getting nervous in the pocket, and instead of standing in and throwing the ball, he's getting all skittish and sc- scampering around because of his thumb. Every single pass last week was behind the receiver because of his thumb? I mean, look, if, you, if you've got a ball that's massively underthrown or whatever, I, I, I don't know, but first of all, if that's the case, why are we throwing every third ball 40 yards down the field if he can't pull it off with his thumb being the way that it is? My issue is I don't necessarily see Rodgers coming back next year and just getting right back into MVP form. I don't see it. I think a lot of that had to do with Devontae, and Devontae's gone. I think MVP Rodgers left when Devontae left.
4: What's going on, Ryan? Hey. Chris from Alabama. What's
1: going on?
4: Well, that's it. Season's over. What a way to go out. Rogers with a bad, very bad throw. Four picks. a pick. rap. It is what it is. What it means to be. I was absolutely wrong on my projection for the game. Yeah, me too. It is what it is, man. He's an overtrainer. Focus on what's going on this year got a lot of questions, got a lot of things that we gotta do, man, Wow, man, we got swept by the lions bro that's
1: that's S- crazy, sucks.
4: I don't even know what else to say, man. I'm absolutely upset, strong. pissed off. I don't know, man. I don't think I'm supposed to end like this, but he did, so it is what it is. You gotta accept it, right? This is time for draft talk and see what we're gonna do next year. But honestly, man, if Rogers come back, he come back. But if he does come back, <clears throat> at this point, man, how that game went, I'm ready to go ahead and start over, man, and go ahead and move on to a different direction, man. Let's try to get some draft picks or something for this guy. I guess we got plenty of time to talk about that. Yep. But like I said, I, I win or lose, we fought to get to this point. I appreciate the fight. They didn't give up. So it is what it is, man. They still go pay go, man. Even though this is very disappointing, they still go pay go. Let's see what we do in our season. Let's see what we do for twenty twenty three.
1: That is the hard part, is that it just didn't feel like it was supposed to end this way, you know? Like I, I none of us believed, or very few of us believed, and then they started to make you believe, and uh, they started to fight back. And by the time you got to the Lions, it's like there's no way. There's no way. The team is getting hot. The defense is unstoppable. The offense kind of sucks a little bit, but we can run the ball. This is a terrible run defense. We're going to run all over them. It's man coverage, so Lazard and Christian Watson, this is their territory. It's just just going to be awesome. At home, Packers don't lose at home. Sunday night? Sunday night at home? No chance. And especially Aaron Rodgers. This guy, this this is his, this is what he does. Lambeau Field. Sunday night in the cold. I know what happened with the 49ers, but I'm just saying this is this is where he makes his money literally. And it just it just you're watching it and you're just thinking this can't be. This isn't how it's supposed to be. And then you watch a little longer and you think, you know, this uh probably is how it's supposed to be actually. Now that I think about it. Now that I think back about oh wait, we talked about this in week five, six, seven, eight. We talked about this team is not going to make the playoffs. they're not very good. And we've been saying the last couple of weeks this offense is just not there. The passing game is atrocious. Why, why are we getting all up in this storybook? Um, nonsense. It just felt like this was never real. And again, what Rogers said about we were just a few players away, in other words, you know, we were never really that team. And maybe that's part of the frickin' problem, is every time they get to this point, they think they're frauds. But anyways, he's probably right. We're a few players away, and those players are on the roster. But yeah, it's, uh, it is time to move on. Tomorrow is all about that for the podcast. It's all about we're moving on. I, I very briefly covered the PFF grades and whatnot, um, but it's very heavy on you know moving forward, the roster, the draft etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. By the way, patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. I just upgraded my account, which means I'm going to be getting a little less money from Patreon, which sucks because everybody's been leaving Patreon anyway, so it's just going to make it worse. But I think it's going to make things better because now what I have to do is I have the ability to actually upload. I used to have to like link to YouTube and it was this whole weird thing. And then I couldn't even put some of the video, like I, I got flagged on YouTube because I made a really cool video, um, all 22 college film. Well, Even though I made it private on YouTube, YouTube picked it up and immediately flagged my account. I got a strike on my... I've never had a strike before. Um, You can play NFL content or whatever, and basically they send you a little message like, hey, this is copyrighted. Don't worry, though, no big deal. We're just going to send all the money to those guys instead of you. And it's like, okay, whatever. Um, But this was like, no, you are getting a strike, and if you do this two more times, you will be banned forever. It's like, holy jeez, forget it. Now, assuming Patreon isn't as psychotic... I should be able to upload some cool clips, all 22 of some college prospects and things like that. I just uploaded a uh, first-round mock draft into Patreon, and it's not any kind of tiers. I may do that later, but it's just $1, and you can get access to uh, some behind-the-scenes videos and whatnot. So thought that'd be kind of cool, a little perk, hoping to try to get some people that left to maybe come back and hang out with me again. I think that'd be kind of, kind of nice if you do that. But anyways again that that is the focus we need to we need to move on and we can we can reflect but I don't want to uh I don't want to just sit in misery you know what I mean, I mean we can do it we can take this week and, and be miserable but all the looking backwards is for the purpose of helping move forward that's that's my goal in the hobby it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks
4: Hey, this is Dakota,
5: that nerd over in Tennessee. Hey, man. Um, yeah, it's been a minute, but
6: uh,
5: I've got a call now. It was right at the end of the game. I bet you got a million phone calls.
1: Quite a few. In. Yep.
5: So I just watched um, Aaron Rodgers and Randall Cobb, you know, walk down the uh, the, the tunnel, whatever it's called, mm-hmm. and uh, you saw how the camera guy kind of got up in front of them, and they're obviously very emotional. Yep. Um, I think, uh, Rogers told Aiden Hutchinson who asked for Roger's jersey. I guess I'm remembering correctly. He's the other rookie. And Rogers said, uh, I'm going to hold on to this one. Um, I'm, I'm sure he was mic'd up, but, uh, then, you know, you see them walking down the tunnel and the camera guy gets in front of him, and Rogers literally grabs the camera and rolls them behind him. Is like, nah, bud, no, nah, you got to <laughs> stay behind me right now. Um, Yeah. Kind of emotional, you know, watching them and how emotional they were getting. Uh, I felt like it's time. It's, this is the perfect time. Um, honestly, I hope he retires and then I hope he has a great time in the rest, the remaining portion of his life. And then we move, move forward with love or whoever. But, um, yeah, it's about it. Uh, maybe we can get you. I'm sure there'd be a hundred people calling <laughs> saying, "Get rid of Rogers. It's time for you, blood," something like that. But yeah. no, I might have almost teared up just slightly thinking about it. But um, no, I think this is it. I, I think this would be good. Um, not bad enough where it would be, you know, uh, like a bad memory. His last year. But definitely not good enough where he's still on par with his, you know, previous years. I think I think it's about time. Anyway, I've rambled on long enough. Go ahead with your thoughts on the matter and y'all have a nice one. Go pack go.
1: Well, I tell you what, I will not stand for the Aaron Rodgers slander on this show because Aaron Rodgers, you see, he'll take you to the Super Bowl. The only place Jordan Love is gonna take you is to the Turlet bowl. Right? So as a joke. You all get it. You're Packer fans. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I mentioned it. Maybe I didn't, but my thoughts on that, I, I think it's very much overblown. I, I really thought, honestly, Rodgers, it was, uh, what's his name? Jameson Williams, the wide receiver, came over and asked for Rodgers' game jersey. And um, he said, I think I'm going to hold on to this one. And it got blown out of proportion for for two reasons. One is he's being a jerk. And the other is this is like a a big sign that he's gonna retire, right? I need to hold on to this because this is something special. I really think it was just an extremely polite way of saying no, right? Because uh, what other options are there? Like, dude, no, I don't, I don't, I don't know you. <laughs> You're a nobody. You're irrelevant. You know? I mean, I, and that's the thing. Like, he's probably had to master that over the years because I'm sure people all the time ask him for stuff. So it's it was just a very Polite and savvy way of of saying no thank you. That's that's what I think. And it was polite. He could have been much more rude about it. Like pfft, screw you, dude. <laughs> like seriously. And again, it takes a lot of gall for a guy like Jamison Williams to come up and ask for Aaron Rodgers jersey. But you know, you shoot your shot, I guess. Um and then as far as the camera thing, I I I get it. Like, just come on, man, not now. You know, and and honestly, I really think it was, in Rogers and Cobb's mind, an extremely special moment for them. It was extremely emotional for them, and it was a moment for those two that they get to have together. And here comes this guy, like, just <laughs> creeping around and sticking a camera in your face. And it's like, come on, dude. Like, you just ruined the vibe here, you know? It's like... uh taking your wife out, and you go out and uh, sit down at a nice restaurant, and you hold her hands and gaze into her eyes, and the waiter comes up and says, so can I get you guys any appetizers today? Our special today is uh, ahi tuna. It's seared and and pan seared and crusted, and it's going to be so good. Dude, can you shut up for like a second? I'm doing a thing here. It's like a thing. We have kids, okay? This kind of thing doesn't happen. And it just happened. Right now. And you didn't notice, and you ruined it. And I will kill you. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to tip you, though, but I won't kill you. And the tuna, the, 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 uh, the ahi actually sounds really good, so I'll, we'll, we'll have two of those. But the, please don't come back. Actually, bring me my drinks. Uh, just have We'll uh, just have waters. But yeah, go ahead and get those. Actually, you know what? I'm going to have a sweet tea. You have that. If not, go make it and bring it here, and then don't come back until the until the food's ready. Because I'm trying to do something here. So that's kind of how I feel about the, uh, you know, the camera situation. <laughs> that's a good analogy, right? It works. You get it. It was a moment. I'm not saying it was a romantic moment, but it was a special moment, and cameraman ruined it and he wasn't even rude about it. like it wasn't like the devonte I'm going to shove you into the ground and stand over you like what you going to do now it was just i'm going to grab this and move it to a spot that makes a little bit more sense and isn't rude and stupid and there you go that sounds that seems like a good spot why don't you stay over there i'm going to keep walking and enjoy what's left of this tunnel here okay does that work great and again i'm you know I'm not 100% either way as far as the Rodgers thing. I'm really not. I don't know. Because I can't see the future. I don't know. Maybe Rodgers does have a ton left in him, and he can just keep on playing, and he could keep. And he wants to keep playing. And maybe Jordan Love is a complete bust, and there's nobody in the draft that's any good, and we're not going to get anybody, and we're headed for a disaster, so why not enjoy the last couple of years? I don't know what the future holds. But if I had a vote, yes, Rodgers would be gone. I don't think... He has that special magic. I think, the, I think we're at the end. I'm, I'm exhausted with the shall I retire, shall I not. I enjoy Rodgers. I enjoy the Pat McAfee show and all that stuff and the fact that he's so open. and It's just more fun to kind of get into that. But I'm ready to be excited about the new face of the, of the team. And with that will come bigger improvements, younger, more athletic, different leadership style, guys motivated to rally around him all these different things and there's going to be new negatives. He doesn't you know, he's going to be making mistakes and he doesn't know the playbook as well and that, that that but I'm ready for that. And I think a lot of people are ready for that. I'm ready to take a couple steps back but also just have something fresh and something new because we've we've done this. We've done this before. And it, it kind of for me anyways, and I don't want to put words in other people's mouths, but it just kind of feels like we're if we do it again, we're kind of just running it back for Rodgers. Like, we're putting on a play for Rodgers. You know, you ever seen those videos sometimes where they have kids or uh, the elderly? There's like an old guy or a disabled person or whatever, and they give them the football, and they're like, oh, get a touchdown, and the defense is trying to, quote-unquote, stop them, and they're just diving around being stupid. Like, oh, I missed him. And there's like a 90-year-old guy running down the field. That's kind of what it feels like if Rodgers comes back. Is this the best thing for us? No. Is this a responsible thing to do? No. Are we going to win the Super Bowl with this? No. Are we risking losing Jordan Love in the future and, and taking that extra draft capital to invest it in other places, as well as maybe making more responsible things like moving on from other key pieces that we're probably going to keep to appease Rodgers, because that's the name of the game here is appease Rodgers. Are we going to make good decisions? No. Why are we doing this? Well, because we've made the decision that whatever it takes to have Aaron Rodgers back, we just want him here, no matter what. And by no matter what I mean literally no matter what even if the guy we know that the guy can't do it and it's not good enough we just want him all the time no matter what as if Rogers just has a blackmail file on uh, the entire organization no matter what he's our guy deal with it that's the, I mean that's just the vibe you get from Gutukunston and, and Matt Lafleur like we will we will beg him until our knees are bleeding and plead for him to come back. And if he does, we will give him everything he wants. And it just feels like we're all just along for this ride, like the Aaron Rodgers ride. Like, why are we doing this again? Like, oh, because it's Rodgers. Okay, but what does that mean? I don't understand. I'm, I, again, I, I'm a Packers fan, not a Rodgers fan. And I'm a fan of what Rodgers did in the past, but I'm a Packer fan, and what I want is what's going to help this team now, next year, and for the next five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years. Whatever's best for that is what I want. And I just I I just don't want to put on another show because he just feels like he wants to take another swing at it and we're like, "Okay, man, let's let's do it again." Okay, I guess we're all just going to go along and do this one more time because he wants it. Not because we should, but simply because one guy decided, "I'm doing this again. Run it back, everybody." Why? I don't understand. Well, it gives us our best chance. No it doesn't. I mean, if if the whole argument here is Aaron Rodgers' Even at his worst, it's probably going to be better than a rookie quarterback who's just trying to get his legs. Of course, but that's going to be true forever. But the point is you have to have that rookie year for a quarterback that first year so that he can have a second year so that he can have a third year so that he can eventually become a really good quarterback and you can have success. You ready for an analogy? I got a really stupid one for you. I got two trees in my backyard. I've got enough water to water one of them. One of the trees, when you water it, a piece of fruit comes out. Now, I can't feed my family with a piece of fruit, but we can nibble on it, and I get it immediately. If I water the other one, nothing happens, at least not right away. It's going to take days and maybe even weeks before this thing grows, but when it grows, it is a full tree that bears fruit as much as you and your family can enjoy, but we refuse to water that one because... Today will be less fruit. Why would you water that one if you get no fruit, if I can water this one and get one, one, one apple? And it's like, is this really the conversation we're having? We're so stuck in what is the absolute best for the immediate, like right this second. We have no regard for the future whatsoever. Why should we water that tree? Because I want the tree. I don't want an apple to just pop out of the ground and go, ooh, an apple. What do we do with that? Well, nothing. You can't feed your family and you're all eventually going to starve to death. And by the way, that 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 fruit tree... That thing's going to die, too, if you don't water that. So we're going to starve to death because we're just getting this one apple, and that tree's going to die, so we're not going to get any fruit from that. Or we go hungry for a little while, water this one for a couple days, and then we have all the fruit we can eat for the rest of our lives. I understand that week one, there's a good chance Rogers is a better option than Jordan Love. What is the best option for us at the end of the year or next year? as in 2024 or 2025, what is the best option? Not everything is about today. And by the way, I don't even know that it's the best option because all I could think as I was watching that game against Detroit is the same thing I was thinking about You know, every other game we've played. I'm watching it going, are you seriously telling me Jordan Love can't do this? Because if not, cut him. If Jordan Love can't do this, this level of quarterback play, then just get rid of him. And we'll get rid of both of these guys, and we'll draft somebody and see what a rookie can do. Because this is this is the most mediocre thing I've ever seen in my life. And then I got to go back and watch watch the game again and see guys running open, but the ball's underthrown or it's not thrown. Blah 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 blah. Give somebody else a chance. It's the worst that could happen. They also underthrow it. Oh boy. <laughs> I don't know. I I I just I don't I don't get it. I don't I don't see I don't see it. I don't see the future with. I mean, I see the future with Rodgers. I just see the same thing repeating, and I'm tired of it. What could get worse? You're right. You're right. Just like this year got a lot worse, which is funny because, again, if this was Jordan Love, all the Aaron Rodgers people would be saying, see, you bunch of idiots. If this was Rodgers, we would have been a 13-win team, and da-da-da-da-da. And Jordan Love would have bore all the blame for this. But we did bring back Rodgers, and guess what? This is the result. And I just, I just don't want to do it again. It's not what's best for him either, for his reputation. In all reality, if he had decided not to come back this year, he would have gone out, not with the Super Bowl, but basically on top. He would have gone out back-to-back MVP, one of the top quarterbacks in football, and he sails off into the sunset and just, you know, say la vie, boys. It's been real. Instead, he comes back and this happens. And if he comes back again and does it again, it's, it becomes a Favre situation. And that's such a disaster because Favre was just... People have no idea because now Favre is seen as just a clown, and unfortunately, worse than that, considering some of the other stuff that's been going on in his life. But even before all the allegations, he just he just was a clown. He kept coming back, and he kept being terrible. He was kind of bad with the Packers, and then he goes to the Jets, and he was bad with the Jets, and he goes to Minnesota, and he was bad with Minnesota. And I don't mean like straight garbage, but it was just it wasn't it wasn't great, and it just it just was a clown show, you know, and and. He, You had his his season ending with the Packers was throwing a pick. He ended the Viking season by just airmailing these balls and throwing picks. I mean, it just you wish it hadn't ended like that for Brett Favre. And it just feels like if we continue down this road, that's how it's going to be for Rodgers. It's just a clown show. And then people just remember that. He wasn't that good. He was overrated. Da-da-da-da-da. And it's like, no, 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 no. Nonsense. When Brett Favre was at his peak, when he was at the pinnacle, like I said, I lived in Illinois and Bears fans wouldn't even talk trash about Favre because it was just known like he he is a generational one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time like that's just that was just known you can talk Packers suck and this and that and the other but Brett Favre that dude talked about we talked about Brett Favre the same way we talk about Rodgers he is a top five quarterback of all time he is unbelievable but nobody talks about Favre that way anymore because of how he ended his career it just tarnished everything and he ultimately took us along this just stupid ride that we just went along with because because it's Favre, man. What are you gonna do? Say no to Favre? Well, we got this guy Rogers waiting in the wings, and it was just dude. Forget him, that trash dude. He ain't gonna be anything. He's garbage. He's garbage, All right? And even though you see the glimmers, like we saw with Jordan Love, you see the the glimmers, like whoa, that looked pretty good. So, now nah, we're not doing that because we got we got this guy who's an MVP. You mean was no no is you you carry that forever? <laughs> okay, so. Again, I'm, I, I might be wrong, but I think um, uh, I would like to explore some other options.
5: Well, that was terrible. Outcoached, outplayed, not motivated. All three phases looked terrible. Can't score in the red zone. One touchdown against a freaking Lions defense. Yep. I think in both games, Un- unbelievable, unbelievable. Don't deserve to go to the playoffs. No. So um anyway, it'll be a long off season. Lots of things to, to figure out, I guess. Take care.
1: Bye. Yeah, I again just kind of going in circles, but um that's that's uh that's the biggest failure was was the offense. You know, my prediction was thirty to twenty. The defense gave up exactly twenty. That was the expectation in my mind. The defense did exactly what I thought they would do. And, and that's with my full expectation that this is a very good defense. I said we'd give up about 20. And it would have been less if we had a more competent offense. If we scored 30, I don't think they would have gotten to 20. Because um, obviously we would have held the ball more, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know, maybe they would have got to 20. But it was the offense that wildly underwhelmed at home against a defense that it was clearly improving, but... um I mean, if if you can't score against them, it's a joke to think you're going to go into the playoffs and do anything. 49ers, we wouldn't have gotten a friggin' first down if that's how we're going to play. So, but yeah, I mean, what do you expect, man? You you fought for respect and you fought for a spot like uh, like Chris was talking about. You know, you fought hard, you did all that, and then what? For what? Why did you fight so hard? Why did you grind and dig it out and do all that just to show up here and fall completely flat flat and just be unprepared and not ready. and It's just the same story every single year, man.
6: Hey, Ryan, Ryan Santos here. Hey, hey, you know, even if we had won, the way we played today, what would have happened next week? Right. Like, in all honesty, we would have went to um, San Francisco and we would have just got smoke checked. Yep. And it probably would have hurt even more you know, to have the same team kick us out of the playoffs. I want to say, like, I agree. I, I, I've lost count how many times in my la- in, in my lifetime, but at least like four times. It would have been four times or five times in uh, Rodgers' era. I just, um, I know this is like a you know one of those quick reactions. Maybe, but it's something I've been saying all season and and even last season. I and mean, to be fair, I just really, I just really hope Rogers retires. I hope that whoever in his camp, they just sit back and just, you know, just just point out the obvious, like, hey, man, you know, offensively, you have been the weakest league this season, and in this game, you know, in moments when it truly matters, you have been the weakest. here. Yeah, he has been the weakest league, and even in the stretch, you was the weakest link offensively. Is what I'm, the weakest link offensively, of course.
3: Yeah, yeah.
6: Uh, We we the defense and special teams and the running game was the reason why we even made it. Yep, for this uh, seventeen game to even count, but I don't know, you know, and I'm not discounting what Quay did and what Russell Douglas did and with any other and, and Jones's turnover. Yeah, those um, those those are one offs and they didn't really impact the game that much, but Rogers just missing passes and you know the few times he did hero ball on critical downs is just. I just want it to be over with. You know, it reminds me of Brett Favre towards the end yeah, with the Packers. It was exactly. Just, you, know, you love Brett. Oh well, I guess it's different from Brett. Brett was really likable. I probably would have done a couple more years of Brett. <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. It's just Let's just move on. I Even if it's not love, I don't care. It's just if it's Carr, if it's whoever, I just want to move on. I'm tired of dealing with the Rodgers and just everything that Rodgers is. You know, it's just. It's like a friend, this is like a taxing friend, where you know you get older, you hit your thirties, and you're just like, "Man, I really just wish this guy would just go away. <laughs> uh, I don't know I Start have the, friends.
1: Shedding like friends. I mean, but
6: anyhow, um, I'm exhausted, man. I may call back again, maybe not tonight, maybe later on this week, but it, I'm disappointed, but I think I'll be over it in about two hours when I go to bed tomorrow, I'll just avoid all sports media television and uh tune in for the super bowl all right man try to have a good night
1: bye yeah so and again like you said with with the uh you know if it's not rogers then Carr or love or whatever it doesn't matter you know the 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 biggest thing is again if we're going to get this level of play fine but let's let's pay for it you know um rather than you know rogers had a 30 million dollar cap hit on his contract you know you pay a guy like Derek carr and what was his cap hit this year It was 19 million obviously it spikes but that doesn't matter because they're gonna let him go or trade him or whatever there's no guarantees on that contract it's a garbage contract but again you, you you get a quarterback and you pay him significantly less and you have more money to put it elsewhere and obviously the the cap hit just goes up from here from 28 to 31 and if he's here for 2024 which is almost zero percent chance but it goes up to 40 and uh, from what ken ingles is saying i don't really understand how it works but the cap hit or the dead money just continues to go up every year he comes back if we get out now it's going to be better than if we get out next year and it's going to be completely impossible if he comes back in 2024 again i don't know that that's the case that's just he's been saying that for a while and i take his word for it i mean (laughs) Baker Mayfield, um, his cap hit is one point three million. So I know that's probably a pro-rated thing, but you know, you know, again, it's just from a value standpoint. You know, Jared Goff, who's been a better statistical quarterback than Rodgers this year, his cap hit's ten million dollars compared to Rodgers' thirty million dollars. Twenty million more dollars, it's costing us. Now, again, Jared Goff's thing spikes or whatever, but this this is what happens when you have a lower average per year. You have lower numbers, which means more money to spend. And I guess what I'm saying is if we're going to get Jared Goff quality, let's pay Jared Goff prices and reallocate the quarterback money to other places.
2: All right. Um, Call number five again. Hey. The last time I ranted about um, the Rogers and Lafleur seemingly not getting – I mean, the whole team just doesn't get up for big games, it seems – um, our home field advantage is, is an absolute joke. Yeah. Um I just don't get it, man. They're like how how do you not show up to this game? How do you how do you have execution problems in this game? How do you come up with a game plan that involves end arounds to Lazard in this <laughs> game? It right. makes no sense. I just can't like does he get in his own head I'm talking about LaFleur. Right. Does he get in his own head on game planning for these games? Like it just doesn't I just don't get it, man. It doesn't make any bleeping sense. Um, yeah, for Pick 15, um, I'm already going to start looking ahead because what else can you do, really? Um, this is an absolute embarrassment. Uh, Pick yes, 15, I don't know what the hell, what the heck they're going to do there. Um, I, I originally had Will Anderson dreams, if you remember, from <laughs> six or seven weeks back. Yeah. Um, but now, I don't know, Bijan Robinson maybe because – I don't, I don't even know, man. Is just, this is the most embarrassing loss I can remember in a long time. Yeah. And I hope you ripped the team. Um, anyway,
1: see ya. Yeah. And, and, and that's, you know, talking a lot about Rodgers, but it has more to do with just what is the best path. But, I mean, Matt LaFleur is, is, is it's so hard because it's hard to know exactly the inner workings and, and who did what and how and when and where. And, um, You know, again, it'll go back to helping go back and rewatch and see the execution. A lot of times, Matt Lafleur gets blamed, and you look, and it's like actually these guys are getting open. We're just not executing. You got the drops, you got the bad passes, you got guys getting open and nobody's seeing it. You got defenders holding and everything. Like you know, if everything went perfectly and if people just followed what was supposed to happen within structure and people could block and everything, this would be perfect. So I don't know, but. Yeah, I, I I do have serious question marks about Matt, and and again, I don't I don't like it because I I generally do like his play calling. I like this scheme. Um, I know Clayton has talked about that this is sort of the wrong side of that Shanahan McVeigh scheme, and he said, you know, I mean, you can make an adjustment to move more toward the Shanahan scheme, and if that's the case, fine. I mean, that that's generally what I like. Um, anyways, it's it's not one side or the other that I prefer. It's just, I I, I like this. I like what we do. I, I like the misdirection. I like the fact that it's quarterback friendly. It really helps because if if you've got that sort of Mike McCarthy thing, and although I don't think he necessarily is doing the same thing, but let's just say, which is very quarterback intensive, which is I, th- I, I think the way things used to be. I've talked about it before where it used to be not that long ago. You know, if you've got the guy at quarterback, you're going to dominate. And if you don't, you probably suck. And it's not necessarily that way anymore. Um, obviously, it's going to massively help if you have that guy at quarterback, but you look at, for example, the Eagles. I mean, you listen, they got a good quarterback, but he's not Pat Mahomes. He's not Herbert or or, or Rodgers in his prime. or He's not that guy. He just executes within the system, and it works. Same with the 49ers with Jimmy Garoppolo. I know he's not there, but that's what they did for years. It was They had a guy that was just good enough. Um, Matt Stafford won a freaking Super Bowl with the Rams last year. There's a lot of teams that, you know, you need a guy that's just good enough. Now, we saw with, for example, the Cincinnati Bengals also run a similar scheme. And you look at Joe Burrow, when you have a guy that's that good, or, you know, a guy like Aaron Rodgers, when he was just humming in 2020, you can see where when the scheme and an elite quarterback collide, it just becomes this beautiful thing. But it doesn't have to be that. And I don't I'm I'm kind of exhausted at trying to cling to that like everything else is such a disaster we need the best quarterback in the history of the universe or we're we're doomed. I mean, aren't you tired of that? And it feels like we we're, we're getting away from that. Like, hey, let's let's get a really good offensive line. Let's get a really good run game to complement our ability to pass and hey, what if we had a defense and oh, I I got an idea. What if special teams was a big part of our success and we can get better field position and stop fumbling the ball and giving it to the other team on the 10-yard line. like What if we tried that and then also had a passing game, but it's not all the passing game. It's not only we need heroics from this godlike quarterback figure. Isn't that exhausting to you? Because it is to me. I mean, it's, it's exciting when it was going on, but it's stressful because everything depends on that quarterback, and if he's not the guy, then you just lose and lose in horrible fashion. When Rodgers had a bad day, we just got eviscerated. And I would rather be in in, with a team that is a team, you know, and they win together because you've got a great defense and special teams and very capable individuals that show up and do their job and do it well and just execute. Not, you know, two or three superstars that do everything and everybody else just kind of throws their hands up and sucks. I don't know, um, but with all that said, as much as I do like Matt Lafleur, there are some reservations, and it's probably unfair because you know when you're winning, he's the greatest coach ever; he deserves all the accolades. He should be coach of the year. He doesn't get respected, and then when we're losing. It's Matt Lafleur sucks, and he should be fired. And you know, I don't, I don't want to overreact to it. But um, again, you look at some of the deficiencies, and you look at the way he acts, and. Sort of that softness, which really, I mean, it honestly just makes me uncomfortable the way he looks so uncomfortable and um like he he looks up to Aaron Rodgers like he's he's uh idolizes the guy and it's just it's weird. Um asking, you know, should we punt? Should we punt? Like, come on, what are you doing, man? I don't know. There, there there's just this element to coaches. they they've got this presence. I mean, you look at a guy like Mike Tomlin, the guy is an absolute force. Uh, Mike McCarthy. They've just got this. You know, they walk into the room and it's just it's their room. You know, um, the the Lions coach. Obviously, um, these guys have that, and it just seems. You know, I've seen some of those locker room speeches from Matt Lafleur, and it almost seems like it's a pity clap from the from the players who kind of you know they like him because he's a nice guy, but it's like okay, that was kind of lame. But yeah, no, you got a coach. You're doing great. I think he, I think he's a brilliant mind, I really do, and I really I really like Matt LaFleur. I think he's a nice guy. I just don't know if he has that edge, you know, and you can't just manu- manufacture that kind of, that edge. And maybe you don't need it, I don't know. But it makes me worry from the standpoint of, for example, some players might try to take advantage. Some won't, you know, guys that are self-motivated, but some players will, and I don't know that he has that sort of... Uh, fortitude to fight back. I don't want it to even be an issue. I wish guys could just shut up and do their job and stay in their lane and, and you know, go get that locker room worked up and ready to go and let Matt be the architect to come up with the game plans and the, the play calling and the play designs and let's just go out and do it. But I think it can cause some problems. And I do worry about, for example, the inability to get up in big games. And I'll I'll, I'll I keep going back to it, but... What was it, twenty nineteen or whatever? When we got spanked by the forty ers I think it was, and Matt Lafleur flat out came out and said uh, some of the, or and and Rogers too, and a bunch of guys were like, you know, people were not being responsible, and they were, I think they were missing curfew, and basically the the night they got out to California, people were going out partying, and so instead of addressing the team and laying the hammer down, Matt Lafleur decides to try to hide from the problem by showing up a day later, which is not good for the team. You don't have enough time to get acclimated. It's like the day before the game, but he did it so that they wouldn't have the opportunity to make bad decisions, or at least he hoped that they wouldn't the day before go out and party. How about this? We're going to go out when we're supposed to go out, and if any of you freaking pieces of garbage are going to go out and party, you're going to be dealt with. But he, he just doesn't, he doesn't have that. And I wouldn't be surprised if he barely even addressed it, especially one-to-one. It's probably more of a team meeting thing, like, hey, we got to be better. We got to be, you know, there's a standard here in Green Bay. He's talking about the stupid standard um, the standard in Green Bay, and we got to meet that standard. And then he just makes some adjustments so that hoping he can hide from this problem rather than just getting in somebody's face. You know, I mean, the the, the most I've seen him getting in somebody's face is when he's looking at Quay, pointing his head, saying, you got to be smart. Yeah, I mean, I guess. I don't know. I don't know man, I've seen him kind of kind of yell at a ref once in a while but just sort of that puppy dog like I don't really know what to do and Rogers what should I do and please don't be mad at me kind of mentality. I don't know. He just it just has that vibe and it just makes me <laughs> uncomfortable I guess. So I, I don't I don't we don't need to take it there necessarily. He's obviously not going to lose his job and I don't think he should but but it it's something that you kind of put on the shelf. And you observe, and, um, you know, th- this is a coaching thing. I said it last year when we had everything we needed in 2020. We had everything we needed. Everything was there. We had the defense. We had the offense. Special teams sucked, but more than enough to be a capable football team, and they just didn't show up. And it's getting so exhausting. We got embarrassed by the 49ers. Why? Because people didn't show up. And we found out again they were going out partying they didn't take it seriously they just didn't care and i'll be honest some of the comments from some of the guys um kind of seemed like they didn't care and it kind of ticked me off a little bit um we'll we'll kind of address that in the podcast in a couple of days but uh, i i don't know i don't know what's going on exactly but but i know that this is becoming a very serious problem and i know we we can't win with this and it needs to be fixed. And it's not getting fixed. It keeps happening over and over again. Biggest game of the year, guys didn't show up. What are we going to do about it? What are we going to do? And I I, I feel like there's so many times, especially the coaching staff, they throw their hands up and just go, yeah, I don't know, it's crazy. No, this is your job. You have to fix it. No, I don't know. Yeah, we, we you know, hopefully we... Uh, it's like with the run game. Like... Uh, I think you guys should run more. And he's like, I know, right? It's crazy. We probably should. It's, I don't know. I don't know. We, we got to figure out a way to call the run play is how you run more. What are you talking about? Why do you come to the podium and act like it's not your job and you aren't the one responsible for it? It's the weirdest thing in the world. Do you guys think maybe considering the success you had running and how, how much you sucked at passing the ball, maybe you shouldn't have got away from the run so early? Yeah, I, I don't know. We got we to gotta do better with that. We got to get better at uh, running the ball. What are you talking about? Are you acting like you weren't specifically in there calling the plays? I don't know. I don't understand. I don't get any of it. But uh, same, same with like the the coach with the defense. It just always felt like, you know, there's, there's a problem. And he's like, yeah, I know. It's crazy. We gotta. It's pretty crazy that that keeps happening, right? It's just. I, I just want you to say, "Here's the problem, and it's going to be dealt with." And instead it's kind of like, yeah, it's a problem. I don't really, how many times did Matt LaFleur say, I don't know what the problem is. I don't know what to do. He flat out would say that like every week. Like, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. That's a problem, Matt. That's a problem because you have some kind of a systemic issue going on with your players where they just don't seem to care. And all we're getting from you is, yeah, I wish I knew what to do. I wish I knew. Are you seriously coming up to the podium and saying that to me right now? Are are you begging to be fired? Why would you say something like that? Do you know how scary that is to have the head coach of the team go, man, it's crazy, man. I don't know what to do. It's nuts. It's pretty wild, man. Wow. <laughs> and again, I, what what do you think his answer would be? For once again, your, your guys weren't ready to play. You weren't ready. You had a, a garbage game plan, like you said, getting up in his own head. You made bad decisions with play calling, and your team also just didn't show up. How do you explain this? I guarantee he would say, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We got to, we got to, and going to like what we got to do, like we got to be better with this. We got to be more focused. We got, Man, you can't just come to the podium and say, yeah, we got to be better. I know that, but you have to know what the problem is, and you have to fix it rather than just throwing out these stupid platitudes. Just throwing out the yeah, man, it's crazy. All right, we gotta be better. You know, we gotta we gotta coach better, we gotta play better. Gotta... <laughs> if that's your answer, it's not gonna get fixed. And this will happen again and again and again until eventually we decide I can't explain it. You're a good play caller, we win a lot of games, but this team never wins, and you're gonna have to get fired, and it's gonna be five years too late. Fire or five years later than it should have been. don't want that to be the case. I want you to figure out what the problem is, and I want you to address it, and I want you to fix it. I want you to make whatever necessary changes you need to make. I don't know if you need to take some like assertiveness classes or something. I don't know what you got to do, but you got to figure it out, and you got to go do it. Whatever it is, changes need to be made. Because this nonsense of just not showing up like, oh, everything's great. Again, the whole storybook thing, like everything's really starting to come together. we got the run game. The special teams, good Lord, a kick return for a touchdown. We've never seen anything like this. It's unbelievable with the defense coming back. we got the run game going. A.J. Dillon is smashing people. Christian Watson's still doing his thing. Man, this team is really going. And if you look at this and you look at that, they're really starting to get it, and it's all coming together. And it's like, what are you going to do? I think that's good enough. Three games, that's fine. Inexplicable. That's all I got for you. I said the same thing last year. I don't know how to explain it. I don't know what to say. I'm not there. I'm not in the locker room. I don't see what's going on there. I can't fix this. That's what Matt LaFleur is hired for. And there's a lot of other coaches. Somebody needs to step up. And if they won't, Brian Gutekunst needs to step up. He needs to figure it out. He needs to be walking the locker room or something to get a vibe of what's going on. And if he won't do it, Mark Murphy needs to do it. Because Mark Murphy's ultimately the guy that saved us the last time. He's trying to trust Mike McCarthy and, and Ted Thompson and, and Dom Capers, and he's trusting them to just do their job. You go do your thing, I'm going to do my thing. And it was just a complete disaster until he finally turned around and said, listen, I'm in this now. I'm now invested, and you will fix this, or I will fix this. And they gave, they had one year, they couldn't fix it, and they were gone. Somebody needs to do that. And I know they're, they're real big on like, hey, listen, this is his turf, I don't, I don't really cross over that line. Somebody's going to have to cross the line. And I know that's not a comfortable thing to do, but we we should. We had a chance in 2019, a legitimate chance, and we blew it. We had an unbelievable chance in 2020, dominant football team, and we freaking blew it because we collapsed. We had a chance in 2021, and we were embarrassed because although our defense only allowed 13 points, we couldn't rise to the occasion and overcome that at home. Against a California team at home in Lambeau in January, we can't overcome thirteen points. And now against the Lions, not even the great the, the, the as great of a team as the teams we've been losing to, with a really struggling defense, we can't overcome these deficiencies. We can't dig ourselves out. We can't even show up to the game. Is anybody gonna step up? Is anybody ever gonna step in? And have a conversation and say, I want an answer to what is going on. I want you to explain this to me. And in that explanation, I not only want to know what's going on, I want to know exactly what's going to happen to fix this. And it better make a heck of a lot of sense. Because we're not doing this again. And I'm looking dead into Matt LaFleur's face. This is your realm. I'm not, I I don't relish stepping over that line but I need an answer. And I, I, I will give you some time to think it over, but there better be an answer that's better than, mm, I don't know, players are crazy, man. They just don't feel like showing up sometimes, I guess. Not my thing, though. That's their thing. I'm the coach. They're the players. They do their thing. I do my thing. Nope, that ain't going to fly. Anyways, apologize for hijacking this. You guys get me a little whipped up here. Um, We do have a ton more calls, and I will try to my best tomorrow to uh, go a little faster and comment a little bit less. Tomorrow, as I said, trying to focus much more on moving forward, offseason, etc., etc. Recap of the offense and defense, what do we have kind of thing. And then um, from there, looking at the draft a little bit, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. So, um, and yes, PFF grades, not super in-depth, but just kind of lightly skating across it. But um, thanks for tuning in. Check out tomorrow's podcast. Talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.